Jay Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. All right, should we do another one? Yeah, let's do another one. Okay, great. Did you have a good New Year's Eve? I did. I feel like, I think we were talking about how like New Year's Eve, you're less of a a Scrooge about New Year's than other holidays, but- New Year's Eve is like my favorite holiday. Yeah. So you, I'm saying you're less of a a Scrooge about it. You like it compared to other holidays. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm like not a Scrooge. In fact, I'm like pro it. Like I'm like a Santa. Oh, okay. I I thought you were just like not anti. I didn't know you were like, oh, I like No, I'm deeply pro, deeply pro New Year's Eve. Oh, I didn't know that. See, yeah. I think it's one holiday that I feel like a lot of people, they overhype it a bit. Oh, really? Because I feel like it gets too much hate. Like, I feel like that's part of why I'm so pro is I feel like everyone hates on it. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Yeah, I guess you're right. I feel like I feel like New Year's is one of those things that unless you're, I don't know, like, I feel like in New York, at least it's like, I don't, I think we talked about this. Like I hate ticketed events because I, I I'm afraid of commitment to a, to a party. Yeah. I'm not like, big, what if I'm I decide not... I don't want to go to that thing. And then I spent $50 on a ticket or whatever. No, like annoying. that's so annoying. But I always like my new year's cause I purposely like spend them with my family knowing that it's not going to be like a sick, like hype night and just like go to like a fun dinner and just go, you know, go home by one. And it's no, kind totally. of nice. That's but this is like what you're saying is exactly like what I love about New Year's because it's like there's no actual like rules. Like you can do whatever you want. Like if someone's like, oh, I just like stayed in. I feel like it's like not a huge deal. If you like, if you like like it, like no one's family's being like, you didn't come home for New Year's Eve, or like you didn't get us a present for New Year's Eve. Like you can literally do whatever you want. I think that's like the true beauty of it. But there is like, the a reason. The stakes are quite low. Yeah. And like it's I don't know. People I think people get mad because they about like the resolutions and stuff, or they like feel like I like people say they like look back on their year and feel like they didn't do enough. And it's like, whatever, it's about the future, it's about mm-hmm. hope. And it's like, who cares if you don't have someone to kiss at midnight? You'll figure it out. Um I just like hate sparkles on clothing. I think it's a huge reason I don't love the holiday. You don't like sparkly clothing? No. I just feel like it's too much. And okay. I feel like on New Year's it's just like all the sequins come out and it's just I guess I like them used sparingly. And I think like a big fancy party is a fun time to like rock out in a sequin dress. I get that. But then like, okay, so there was the Paris Hilton dress that that everybody tried to like copy. And I feel like now there's just like a million of these little like sparkly shift dresses that all look the same. And I'm just like, well, yeah, sure. I mean, anything that gets people are look, you can't you can't look to the masses and hope for originality. People are going to constantly be copying the cool things. You need to look to the innovators. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why there's all those <laughs> look, look to the who are the innovators? Don't do this in style. <laughs> I don't know. I don't dress. I can't dress. I cannot dress myself. I'm actually dressed like literal shit right now. I mean, I'm about to go to the gym, so it's like whatever. But like, I am not. Brag. I'm not someone who is like <laughs> dressing well or can brag about dressing well. Yeah. Oh, Every time something. someone compliments something I'm wearing, I'm like, oh, my mom gave this to me. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. No, but it's like, I wish I was someone like that. Like, like literally, I mean, everyone who's listening to this has already listened to this, but like, like Chelsea Fagan, like every time I see Chelsea Fagan, I'm like, why can't I be like you? Like, I don't want her style. Cause like, we obviously are like very different people, but like the way she just like <laughs> has a style and always looks good. I'm like, I want to be that. Yeah, I know. I've never been that person either. 
<laughs> I know. And I have a lot of clothes. Like I know for a fact, I have a lot of clothes. I actually, so I'm going to Buffalo Exchange on Friday to like try to sell my clothing. And I think, and I have this like giant duffel bag and I think I'm going to try to do a second one because there's so much shit now that I've, because like I made this duffel bag when I moved, which was two months ago and I just haven't brought it to Buffalo yet, but I'm going on Friday. But I just, now that I've been li- like, I've moved, I've unpacked, I've been living here for three months. There's like a whole, there's a whole section of stuff I haven't worn once. So it's like, that stuff needs to right. Do you know what I mean? Moving is the best time to clean out your closet. Well, duh, well, duh, 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 duh. But I was just laughing because I was thinking about this. I did like a spring cleaning this past uh-huh. year and I brought like a shit ton of stuff to Buffalo Exchange. Oh, and they literally <laughs> degrade you. They're like, oh, you thought you could sell this, you swine. Yeah, they gave me like $5 and slapped me in the face and told me to go. Yeah, they literally, I mean, they're the rudest people in the world. They're literally the rudest. I've never, it's unbelievable. It's so mean. And you look at some of the stuff that they did take and you're like, okay, how did you take this and not my stuff? It's really crazy. It's actually really crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you audition to be the person that buys stuff at Buffalo Exchange? You literally, it's like, hey, like... (laughs) It's like, hey, okay, here's a room full of people in clothing. Find six of the ugliest fucking things and make four people cry. And then if you do that, you get the job. It's like, what the I feel fuck? Like I could get that job. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you seen the girls episode that I'm that I'm thinking of right now where Stop. they try to go to Buffalo Exchange and the woman's so mean to them? Are you thinking of Broad City? What did I say? Girls? Yeah. Sorry, Broad City. I'm yeah. definitely because I have seen the Broad City episode. It's very good. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my Buffalo Exchange experience. I hope that yours goes better, though. Yeah, fingies crossed. <laughs> fingies and toesies crossed. Fingies crossed. Um, wait, so what did you do for New Year's? Um, I went. My friends had my friend. One of my friends' birthday is New Year's Eve, so I went to his birthday party during the day, and then I went and got dinner at the Fly, which was great. And then I ended the night. There was a little bit of a miscommunication between me, me and my friend, and I thought we were meeting at a party that he actually ended up not going to. So I was at a party where I didn't really know anyone <laughs> for midnight. And here's the thing. I could be mad about it. I could be upset. But one, the miscommunication was largely my fault. And two, um, I have a really high success rate of New Year's Eve. Like They're normally really, really good. And everything leading up to the midnight was great. The midnight was just like a little clunky. So I was like, do you know what? We're going to like be okay with this, move in, have an incredible year, and it's all good. Love it. How was yours? There is something really fun about being at a party where like you don't really know anyone too. Like if you're in the mood to socialize. I knew like three people and like we chatted, but then I was like tired and like went home. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that that's like some of the most fun, but also some of the most exhausting socializing when you're like the stranger in a room of people that all know each other. Yeah. It's kind of fun. No, Like I remember, it kind of reminds me of like visiting my high school friends in college, like when at their colleges. Yeah. And just being like, I don't know a single person here. I'm having the best time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, as long as you have like, I think the trick is as long as you have the reason to be there. So people aren't like, who are you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then it's fun. Who is this random person? Yeah, yeah. Who is this random woman? My friend was like, was like, basically she's gone on like a couple of dates with this person that she thinks she met because they crashed a dinner. Like the person hasn't admitted it. Wait, that's really scary. The first time they met was at this dinner. And like nobody, like after the dinner, they're like, wait, you didn't know that person? Wait, you didn't? But she's still been dating him. (laughs) That's scary. Is he like a con artist? I don't know, but it was like a small-ish dinner. And like, it was like after a party. So like a bunch of people just walked out of the party together in this group. And I think everybody just assumed that like this person. Okay, well, that's not crashing a dinner. That's just like a rando who tagged along, who maybe thought it was more like a mixed group than it was. Yeah, I guess. But it's just like, I don't know. Everyone just like thought that the person would like, belonged to someone else and I think the person knew that everybody else was close friends so it's kind of a weird move 
maybe they liked this person that they're now dating and which would make it a little bit of a less weird move. Yeah. But would you just follow a bunch of strangers to a dinner? <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. Probably not. That's so interesting that that's how that shook out. <laughs> I know. And I was like, you're not concerned. And she was like, I don't want to ask. I'm just going to keep moving. <laughs> I mean, I think I would, it's kind of crazy that she's not asking. I feel like I could only date someone for so long um, until I would be like, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, she's, yeah. I don't know. I think she's just like riding with it. She's like recently single. She's like, I don't. Oh, it's that kind of dating. I get it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I just (laughs) I just thought it was so funny. I was like, okay, so you basically like met Wedding Crashers and like. (laughs) Yeah, like she's basically living. She's basically living the plot of Wedding Crashers. (laughs) Basically. See, I. That's so. But I wouldn't enjoy like I wouldn't enjoy crashing something. The anxiety of getting caught would give me too much. Like I don't think I would enjoy crashing a wedding. I wouldn't enjoy crashing a party. Like the idea of getting kicked out is so would be so humiliating to me. I'm also just like not a mysterious person. No, I'm pretty loud. I would end up just like telling everybody everything, and I I I don't like know how to like hide stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's also like I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like it's funny because it's like when you think about wedding crashers or like wedding crashing, it's like. I think it's often framed as like this cool, crazy, fun thing. And it's like, oh, you don't have a friend who invited you to a party. Like you, it's like it, what, you don't have anything better to do than go to a party that no one knows you at and no one wants you at. Like, <laughs> like what is that move? Like, it's not like how bad do you need the free. Like, it's yeah, totally. It's like, oh my God, like it's so cool. He crashed a wedding and it's like, that's actually like lame as fuck. Kind of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what the movie Wedding Crashers was about. I guess it is. Like that is kind of like the ultimate realization. I haven't seen Wedding Crashers in like since it came out. That's not really. I I think I'm thinking about it so much because I just rewatched it. Um, Oh, fair. I feel like at the end they just realized like, oh, this is actually like the guy that showed us how to do this. Like, still lives with his mom. Oh, right. Like the Will Ferrell character. Okay, I guess I literally just did like come to the realization of the movie Wedding Crashers on my own time. That's humiliating. Okay, I love that. Um. Okay, Gorge. Well, let's get into the, the episode. Um, this is a very, very fun one. I always say that. Um, this person is so, so funny. I have seen them perform all over Brooklyn. And I'm sure they perform in Manhattan too. I just haven't seen it yet. I think, oh, no. I saw them at Club Coming once, but they didn't perform. I was just hanging out with them there. Um, they are a delight. They are a joy. You probably follow them on TikTok. And if you don't, you should. Please enjoy me going out with Kira Sullivan. 15, I was like, I'm going to get there a little bit early just to really change change things up. <laughs> and I realized that too. And so today has been a day of flops. That's, we're recording. Wow, that is so <laughs> brutal. Why did you go out last night? Why did you sleep so No, no judgment. I Sorry, I forget that people sometimes sleep in, like are people that just sleep in. I do think I have a thing called long sleeping disorder. I've never heard of this in my life. It's because I come from a family of long sleepers. What is, okay. So... Apparently, normal sleepers need seven to nine hours of sleep. Yeah. Long sleepers, their body wants 10 to 12 hours of sleep. And you think that's you? Absolutely. Wow. Because I can sleep 12 hours easily. That's, I don't know that I've, I think I've done that like once. So my record, I once got something called an oversleeping hangover, which is when you sleep so long that you're... You're, um, you get low blood sugar. And so you wake up like feeling really tired and you're like, I just slept 17 hours. How did I, how am I still tired? And then that, when that happened, I was like, mom, can you make me a quesadilla? And then she did. And then I was fine. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. What's the longest you've ever slept? Probably like 18 hours. No. Cause with long sleeper disorder, if you, if your body doesn't get the sleep 
it wants, it will make up for it. So that you don't have an official diagnosis, but this is a self-diagnosis. This is a self-diagnosis. But I think if you've slept 18 hours once without like illness involved, then you, that's a disorder. Yeah. That seems really crazy to <laughs> no. me. No, oh, absolutely. You're in my house. I'm, today, What your day today would have broken me. Being yeah. late to everything would have broken me. It, well, I, number one, the two times I've been on shows with you, you've been so lovely. They're early, well, so lovely, respectful. And then I ran into Annabelle Meshke and I told her what was happening. And she was like, yeah, it's so bad because, you know, Jake's always early to the shows and he's so <laughs> lovely and he's so great. And I literally, we like, and I was like, yeah, I know. That's why I feel so awful. What's crazy is that I know, I have always identified as someone who's like really on time. Like I'm punctual as fuck. Yeah. But what's funny is that it used to be, I was never late. Mm -hmm. Like if I was late, it meant the trains had had a meltdown, yeah. like, like cataclysmic meltdown. Mm -hmm. Now I would say I am late to maybe two things a week. Wow. And yeah. I think, and that to me makes me feel like I'm a late person. I was late to two things today. <laughs> <laughs> Actually completely missed one thing, but I usually am a lot better at it. This day, yeah. this today, this is not, I don't want you to think that this is the real me, that I am a late person all the time. I'm not. No, I don't think you are. It's just today, something foul is in the No, air. it's bad astrology today. And I think, I that think that's a thing. There are conspiring forces in the universe that are okay. trying to break my brain today. I get that. And I appreciate and I you, you getting here. In yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm glad. You, and I'm, I appreciate you getting here in spite of all of that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you did not go out last night? No, I did not go out last night. Okay. I worked. I worked a lot this weekend. Do you work in a restaurant? No, I work at a retail store. Okay, which one? Do, do and uh, yeah, and other stories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I work there, and I just, <laughs> I'm so stupid. Like when I work a few days in a row, in my brain, I'm like, wait, I can't work today. Like I just worked yesterday. <laughs> there must be some kind of mistake. Like I've done my work, and so I worked like I was scheduled like four days in a row, and in my head, I was like, this is. Like, I was like, this is wrong, and I think I, my body just wanted to like catch up on yeah, sleep. Yeah, no, that's valid. Yeah, that I haven't. I worked in restaurants for like years and years and years and years. And then I recently started picking up shifts again just for the past couple months because of when I got back from Fringe, I had like some time mm. and like I called the bar I used to work at. I want to hear all about that as well. Oh, totally. But I didn't realize how much my body had built up like a tolerance to working mm -hmm. in the time that I had done it. And not that I had other jobs. I just didn't have like physical labor, like restaurant jobs for a year. Yeah. And I was like, I actually can't do this three days in a row. Like on day three, it's like I'm on a breaking point. Like I lost my stamina and I felt shameful about it. I built it back up. I want to see man and woman so bad. Oh, nice. It's, I, it you looks, can go to Philadelphia or D.C. next week. I am from D.C. <laughs> I will totally go to D.C. No, but tell all your friends and family to go. I will. It okay, looks perfect. amazing. Um, it's a very fun. We'll probably do it in New York again at some point. Please. Please let me know. I will let you know. Um, it's a very fun show. But yeah, we've done it in New York many times now. That's so cool. Um, what is happening? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. A, a seam. But, like, here's why it's bad. When I pulled it, I felt it in my knee. Like, it, the, that thread goes up this high. Okay. Mm -hmm. not, not something for the podcast listener. A key but thread. my jeans are falling apart. Um, you went to NYU. Yeah. Uh, university in and of the city. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been going out in New York for a minute, even though you are young. Yes. How has that been for you? How has that... Are you a going outer? I don't know this about Yeah, you. I would say that I'm not, like... I'm not like a party animal, but I would say that, yeah, I've been going out consistently like in New York for like, six years now, which is crazy to say. Um, it's also, it depends on the season. Like in the summer, everything's weirdly dead, but then in the fall. Wait, you feel like everything's dead in the summer? I feel like everyone's 
I also hate the summer because I'm someone who you and I are different. I sleep like six hours a night and I love the summer. Okay. <laughs> we are, we're different sides of a different coin. Yeah. 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 Um, You're like a Euro and I'm like a pound. Well, my, yeah, my psychiatrist actually noted that we usually need to up my meds in the summer. And he was like, I think it's because, uh, there's less structure in the summer and that makes you anxious and gives you anxiety. That's crazy. And like, uh, there's, everyone's doing other things like, even if your structure, even if your schedule is the same, everyone else's schedule is different. And like that throws me off. But in the fall, me and my friends like kind of have this understanding that like once like we're going to be going out every week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that makes sense if your structure was built up around the school year for the first four years. Exactly. Whereas like that's completely foreign to me. Like, Yeah, I, that actually makes a lot of sense. That's probably what it is. But that's so interesting because mm -hmm. right now we're entering the part of. Like I, I'm a little bit of a Scrooge. Um, and by that, I mean, I fully don't like Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my God, humbug. But I, yeah, but like, I don't love this time of year. Like, I don't like that it's cold. I don't like that you can't walk around. This party, December's not bad. It's the knowing that January, February, March is coming. I hate, but I hate like similar to what you're saying. I hate that. It's like, there's weekends that are getting lost to holidays that everyone leaves town. I like being in New York for the holiday seasons because it's so dead. It's fun. Like yeah. it's so quiet and that's really nice. But I hate, I hate right now that like, if you and I were to be like, Oh, like let's get drinks. It's like, we're doing it in January. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like we're coming up on that part of the year where that's happening. And I hate that. I, hate I completely that. agree. I would also say that I don't like winter. I'm not one of those people. I am so, I am like you in that sense of like, I don't like this time. You're a spring either. fall. Spring fall, yes, yes. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, that's like, those are the most level-headed based seasons. Yeah. When someone says winter or summer is their favorite, would you say summer is your favorite? <sighs> Probably. Mm, fall is up there too. It's like summer, fall. Mm. I really enjoy, I think the joy of summer for me is knowing how much time now there. Like when it gets nice in May and being like, and now we got June, July, August, September, October, November, That's December so of like, or in like, I guess less December, but like, May, like that feeling in May, June of like, we got six months of this is really huge for me. That's so true. It feels like the world is wide open. Fall, we're starting to dwindle down, but fall is also like my birth. Like I, I actually do really enjoy the fall mm. and the summer. It's really just that dead of winter and I think I'm curious I am curious I will say I'm curious about this winter though because winter 2021 I would say one of the most depressing times any of us have ever experienced Flop. like so bad mm -hmm. winter 2022 not as bad still bad still bad January. yeah Oh, I completely understand <laughs> so I'm very curious what 2023 will bring for the winter I completely agree yeah in terms of going out because I know this is this is going out that, is, Jake the, that is the name of the show um I feel like I, in college, we've gone, me and my friends have gone through like so many phases of going out to different places. Right. Like freshman year was like us going to Bushwick to hear these like Clive Davis boys make noise oh, in a warehouse. Okay. And like every night would end with us at like 2 a.m. being like, why the fuck did we come to Bushwick? <laughs> and then that was kind of that phase. And then we like swore that off and we were like, never again. Yeah. And there was like one year where we like, went to beauty bar four weeks in a row. Yeah. And then we were like, we cannot do this anymore, guys. And so a lot of it has just been like phases of different places. Yeah, my my four years of college definitely each had a phase. Like mm -hmm. freshman year was like a frat. There was one specific fraternity we always went to. Mm -hmm. Sophomore year, I was abroad. 
And then junior and senior year had their own bars. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Different vibe. And what um, has been the tra- what was the transition like from when NYU's finished into now being like a small adult going out in the world? I am that's actually the perfect way to describe me as small adult. <laughs> I was wearing something the other day. It, it was this, but then like a little uh a cute little dress, like a kind of pinafore dress over it. Uh-huh. My coworker was like, You look like a tall baby. And I was that's like, That's rude. how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> But she, she like meant it in a good way. She was like, oh, you look so cute. You look like a tall baby. And I was yeah. like, okay, great. That's exactly what I was going for. Not the goal I was intending. The yeah. Um, what's also, it's weird because now I have people from my high school who have moved to New York who are like in a very different friend group than me yeah. in high school. And I feel like the places they're going out, because sometimes when I run into them, it's very weird. But sometimes if... I see them at the same place. I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't be here. Really? I know that's it's like too nice or too shitty. Or like it's just a different vibe. I don't know if it's NYU or just the fact that like me and my friend group is like a very like women and queer friend group, but like a lot of the places that we go out are like not necessarily like gay clubs, but like places with a lot of queer people. Queer people. And we went to this we, one of my friends had a friend in town and she took us to this place on the west side and we walked in and me and my friend Caleb just kind of clutched to each other and we were like, no, this is all straight people. Yeah, it's upsetting. Like, and it was like, the vibe was rancid. There was no, everyone was just standing and we were like, this is a weird vibe. Like, I do not experience this side of the city often. I know. It's crazy because that was where I was going out for like a lot of my early New York days. That's so... That's that's not the introduction I know, to New it York. Was, it was I know I was a late bloomer in terms of that, and it was pretty tough. But I made the mistake. It's because I was doing like UCB comedy. Do you know what I mean? I was like doing like, and I found queer people through that. But it was like you're just in like a heterosexual dominant space. Like and mm-hmm. like ultimately that was true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And before that, I went to a straight college. Like, and so where'd you go to college? UVM. Oh yeah. Heterosexual. Very profoundly heterosexual. Like what is that? Zero on the Kinsey scale? It's like a it's like a point five. Okay. There were some people there, but it was like I'm actually I from what I've heard, UVM has become like a literally completely different school than when I was there. Which and I wasn't there that long. Maybe ago. that was your impact. It was my impact. No, because apparently it just really it leaned really hard into the sciences. So it's like now it's like for nerds. Where I, when oh. I went there, it was like a party school. Wow. Okay. The. The party to nerd pipeline. The party to nerd pipeline. I think it's just like they were like, partiers don't make you money. And nerds become <laughs> yeah. like, make medicine or whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, this is so funny. This like Christmas photo shoot happening behind you. <laughs> it's, okay, for the for the listeners, it's a a glass of some kind of cider and a candle. And, there's and then some, like a wreath with light. Yeah, there's some holly. And, holly. And a wreath, and it looks beautiful. And I just see, like, I can't see it. I just see the flashes yeah. going off on your it's, face. It's really stunning. Um, what was I going to say? So have you ever worked in the restaurant industry in New York? No, I haven't. Wow. I work, Well, I I basically worked all throughout college because I got a good, a really good deal with NYU where I worked in the housing office. Like, not as an RA, but, like, I answered phone calls from, like, angry parents like, mm. 20 hours a week, but then they paid for my housing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's, like, incredible. That's oh, like, yeah. That's, like, getting paid. You were paying paid, like, $1,000 an hour. It was, <laughs> no, literally, if you, like, did the math, like, of, because also because I worked there, like, I got a single room and stuff, so, like, if Holy, you... who did you kill to get that? I, my uh, family, 
my mom's best friend, Willie, who was the original on Miss Saigon on Broadway. Um, okay, great. <laughs> just, I don't know why I added that. Um, his husband, Andrew, is like the head of NYU housing. And he was like, if she wants to work here. And my parents were like, um, yeah, she That's does. Insane. Yeah. So, That's such but a I didn't gig. really have, I didn't have time to like do any other job because. Did you do that all four years? Yeah, basically. So did you live in student housing all four years? Yeah, which is kind of the thing that sucked because like NYU, everyone gets like apartments starting Yeah, but if you're year. living out like off Union Square for free, it's like everyone gets it. Yeah. Like I'm sure you were like, I want to live in a, a hovel in Bushwick. But like- <laughs> yeah, like I want to be with my friends 40 minutes away. But it, no, it was, I'm glad that my parents were like, you're doing this. Yeah, no, that's good. And then where do you live now? I live in Williamsburg. We just made the change. Wow. This actually perhaps relates to going out because we- I think after five years of like living like nine months out of the year in the East Village, I don't know what happened, but me and like my roommates were all like, we've had enough. Okay. Like we need to go to Brooklyn. We need something new. Yeah. And we've been going out in Brooklyn more. Where have you been going? Like we went to like Nowadays, which was in Ridgewood. Have yeah. you been there? Yeah. Yeah. We've been going like there. And then my friend who's lived in Williamsburg longer has been showing us places. I feel like most of the places I'm going out right now are to comedy shows. You're in that phase of it. Yeah. I'm like in that phase of... How long ago did you start stand-up? Okay, so I... It's kind of a little... It's okay. The timeline is weird because I started stand-up and then I was doing it like my junior year of college. I was doing it for like a year and then COVID happened Mm -hmm. and like shut everything down. Sure. And then since then, I've probably been doing it like two years well no because the pandemic was two years so like I started for a year there was a big break and then like I feel like I just got back into it this past year so okay so you've been doing it for like two years split yeah good but like I, that makes sense if you're like a year into your reboot that that's when, like, <laughs> my room that's exactly what it <laughs> yeah, is you're it's like my a reboot. year into your reboot and it's like but it makes sense that that would be like where it's your whole life yeah. Are you in, here's my question. Are you enjoying that? Like, are you enjoying being out at comedy shows? Yes. Cause I'm in an interesting place where I'm trying to do as many shows as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'll do, cause like, I don't know. It feels like, like, it's funny to, sometimes I'll do shows where, cause I'm 30. Mm-hmm. You're 25? I'm 23. You're 23. I'm okay. young for Absolutely. my grade cause I didn't go to preschool. Um, I started preschool early, but I was also young for my grade. What, Cause you're wait you're a Libra right yes. wait so is it like a late October situation yeah so yeah I'm November third four turning five when I entered kindergarten yeah so you graduated at seventeen yes. high school same yes. oh my god exactly. we're friends okay gorge not, finally some common ground so not not being twenty one until co- senior year of college was tough yeah so anyway um what was I gonna say it's my point is like it's funny now because I will do shows at like like now if I do a show at like um Easy Lover or if mm-hmm. I do a show at like trying to think of other places. Like I did, like I did Rachel and Tessa's like morning show. Do you know? Oh that? yeah. Like yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. I did like that. Like this weekend, it's funny cause I'll go there and I, it, it's funny cause it's like, oh my, I've said it's funny nine times in the past. But the thing seconds, is it is funny. <laughs> but I haven't said what's funny yet. And it's actually not that funny. Um, <laughs> it's, I will show up and it's like, oh, it's everyone's like 22 to 25. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is the next class. Like, they're all friends and they all know each other and I'm not part of this, which is fine. I have, like, my version of it. But it's, like, funny to see. And, like, the way that, like, I'm like, oh, you got, like, I'll talk to them and it's like, and we're doing this show tomorrow and this show tomorrow. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, that is, like, a 
that's such a time of your life where you're just like, I have my shows all weekend. And like my social life is seeing these people at these shows all the time. And it's like, that's so fun. Yeah. But also I would say it's like, you're doing so many shows. You're cause you're so booked. You're so good oh, at thank, stand up. Well, thank you. You have been on my show. We loved you. <laughs> thank you so much. Your show was so fun. Oh, thank you so much. I was so excited when you had me on. I was like, I can't believe I get to be a friend of the pod. <laughs> Mr. Jake Cornell. Um, but also I, I feel like I'm not in that stage well, also, it's it's funny that you say, it is funny that you say like, oh, this is like the new class, like you have your own. I always feel like I'm not in whatever class there you is. You never will. No one ever does. Yeah. You never will. No, never, never, no one ever does. Right? Like I'm always like, I feel like I'm not. And I think also part of this comes from like a little bit of like a weird like insecurity complex from NYU of because I started comedy so late, like my junior year. And then I did stand up like everyone in the NYU comedy scene was really good friends with each other from improv. So even when I joined, I was like, felt like an outsider and was like, was like, Oh my God, these people are all like, best friends like this is their primary friend that's group. how I felt when I started doing stand-up after I was like an improviser for years yeah like, I felt it was like the flip but I felt the same yep. way but um yeah it's like the same thing of like also like my I have friends from comedy but like my primary friend group is like from college yeah whereas like I meet people I'm like oh your primary friend group like is other comedians and like that makes me I'm just like I don't I don't know I feel like I perpetually have that like complex from college, even if it's not true. Everyone has the complex about something. Yours, I actually really relate to you because I similarly, I'm not, well, it's like, I'm not insecure about this because I'm very thankful for it. Like I have like a group of best friends that mm-hmm. are like, it, it, it's like the three of us. And we've been, I've known one of them since I was 17, one of them since I was 12. Wow. So like we are like old, old friends mm-hmm. at this point. And like we moved to New York together. We lived together for three years. We're all best friends now. They are like not, touching the comedy scene with a 10 foot pole. Like they're not involved. They don't give a shit. Like I'll invite them. To, like if I have like a big show, I'll invite them to come. Yeah. But otherwise it's like they're chilling. But so it's like, but then, but I sometimes do that thing where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like other people, like their version of that are other comedians. And I yeah. wonder what that's like. I don't think I would like, I don't think I would fi- like, like it more or less. It would just be so different. Yeah. Um, but you will, I think you will always feel because the problem is like as you get more successful it's like you the best version of success is when you're successful with other people like man and woman was so fun because I was doing it with Marsha but like Mm -hmm. when you get like if you get like successful and then you like I don't know like level up the people then you start working with are like above you and so you will always feel like you're the outsider like it will never go away yeah which is crazy okay that's actually like on one hand, I'm like, oh, it will never go away. There is no hope. But actually, it's very comforting. To no, it hear. should be. I think it's like to com- comforting. Because I do look at you and I'm like, this is someone who's so funny at like the top of their Stop. game. Stop. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying any laws. <laughs> and like, are you so established? And so like to hear you say that actually is bringing me so much comfort on a day I where I was flopping so hard. You weren't flopping. No, I mean, it's, but it's so true. Like I was like, but also it's like that, like confidence and success and all that is like not real. It's mm-hmm. like so subjective. Like I was trying to explain to someone, how do I say this? Like in an impartial way where I don't reveal anyone's identity. <laughs> like someone was trying to explain to me, like a friend of mine, they were essentially saying that like, oh, like you, this pe- person probably felt this way because like you're this. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, but that's not how I feel about myself. And yeah. so it, that's not real. And they were like, but it is to them. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But it yeah. does. It's just like, <laughs> that was so bad. I just didn't actually want to reveal them. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the wheels turning it in was your really mind. Hard. Like- it was like really hard for a second there. No, but it's just like, you'll always 
it is the worst part about this whole industry. And like, it also is true of like, I just think going out when you're even not a comedian, like making new friends and stuff and like being socialized, it's like, it will always, before it becomes really established, like before you start to get actually really close with people, it will always feel a little high schooly where you're like, do they actually want me to be here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's also this, I'm, I'm, this actually the perfect time for me on this podcast because I feel like I am trying to be in my going out era because also I have been wanting to go to more comedy shows and then I got, I got managers in August and one of them was like, Kira, you need to be going to three to five comedy shows a week. And I was like, Oh, I'm fucked. (laughs) I literally, I like, I literally was like, I can shoot for two. I can shoot for two. And then like, I call my other manager um, who I love. She is like a short, strong, bossy woman from Philadelphia. Incredible. She has my back hundred percent. I would kill for her. Like if I could choose my fighter, it would be her. Uh And I have told her that. And I was just like, so I went to one, I went to one show and she was like, yeah, well, you know, three to five, it's just a. It's just what we're shooting for. That's fine. She was like so nice about it, That's but so funny. they really were like, you need to be like going out more and like connecting with like other people more. And I was like, I don't know if I have that stamina. Well, it's also like, <sighs> I also don't want to think about it in that way. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you don't want to like show up. If you have that energy of like, I'm here to meet people. And my manager's told me to network. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, like no That's one wants like weird. that. It's a foul energy. It's a rancid energy. It's a really yeah. rancid energy, but it's like, but I also think going to one show that you're actually excited about mm-hmm. and like see, and like, and coming with that energy is probably more productive than three where you're like, I'm here for work. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think you're fine. Yeah. And that's true that's of like going on general too. It's like doing the plans that you're actually excited about versus like just being like, I need to like code, like gamify this. I think yeah. it's bad when you gamify truly anything. Exactly. I think that would break my brain. Oh, a hundred percent. Like you would truly make me a villain. Yeah. <laughs> what were, okay, wait, you mentioned like as an NYU graduate, what are like the most, like what were the hidden gems of like trashy teen going out? Okay. This is, this is now closed, but there was this thing at NYU, not at NYU, but there was this club called China Chalet. It was a dim sum restaurant by day. And then once a month it would have, it would turn into a club and it would be like, I think Kim Petras was there. Like she was DJing there once. Oh my God. And it was this thing where like, if you were in like Tish and you were in like the music school or like the film school, like you would go there and it was like once a month and it would be like Beyonce versus Gaga night. And you would like dress really crazy and go. And during the pandemic it closed. And that was a, that was a really sad day for. So you had some good nights at that. We had some great nights at that. That's like one of those places where I remember being like at 4.30 on the dance floor, like about to fall asleep. And I was like, guys, are we ready to go home? And they were like, yeah, just 30 more minutes. And I was like, I, I can't do this that anymore. That is so funny. That, well, yeah. And like, that's such a typical, like, yeah, but that, that closed and we lost it during the pandemic. RIP. That's damn. What were like your underage spots? Like what was, were you guys going yeah. out underage? Like what was yeah, the most? Yeah. Because also the weird thing about NYU is it's such a going out school. Yeah. In like a, there are no like, not really house parties. It's like right, you yes. go out with your friends, which also I think is the reason why NYU has so little relationships and dating and like hooking up in general is I was talking about with my friends who went to like 
state colleges and stuff and where there's like local bars or like places where yeah. kind of everyone's gonna be like if you have a crush on someone you kind of know you like you you probably see them on the weekend somewhere 100% whereas at NYU you don't have that because you just go out with your friends so if you have like in New York among yeah, a million exactly that makes sense so if you have a crush on someone you're not gonna run into them you've gotta like invite them out with you that's tough which is so weird to do it's very tough um, but the bright side of that is that we ended up going to like a lot of cool places. Like we went to China Chile so much. We went through a phase of Planet Rose doing karaoke. God there. bless. God bless Planet Rose. Um, we went through a phase of beauty bar and the bouncer still knows me. there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out Nate. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, I don't even know how we found out about these places or if these really qualify as hidden gems. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because it's also just like, it's like, can anything be a hidden gem in central mm-hmm. Manhattan? Like, Yeah, like, it's also, also what I will say is that the best nights of going out that I have had have always been not in big groups, but it's like me, my best friend, like Jackie, and like maybe one other person. Yeah, totally. Like, it's always a very small group that ends up being the most fun random night. That's pretty much true of everything. That's true of a dinner out. That's true in general, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has it been an interesting process now that you don't live in Manhattan exploring other places and like... Yes, it is because now when someone's like, come out in Manhattan, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I can do that. I've got to go home. Um, oh, right. Because you have to get 12 hours. Yeah, because as you know, I'm a long wait, sleeper. Wait, so if you're a long sleeper, wait, genuine question. So if you're out till like 3 a.m., are you fucked? Like, will that fuck you for the next day? Like, if I am out till, if I go to bed at like 3 a.m. and I don't set an alarm, like, I'll wake up between, like, at like 1 or 2. That's so tough. Yeah. That's really scary in the winter, too, because sunlight. Exactly. You'll lose it. Uh-huh. But I have, like, tricks to wake myself up. Like I, what? Like, because is it? You, are you also a deep sleeper? Like, is it yes, hard to wake up? I'm a deep sleeper. Okay. I like my dad. I had a big snoring problem. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, and my my bed was right next to his wall. Yeah, wall. So I think I just like learned to block that out. So I'm oh, a really no. deep sleep. Like so many times. So alarms don't work essentially. Well, they do work, but I don't. Sleepy Kira is a menace. Sleepy Kira, when she wants to go back to bed, will. So like, if I the first alarm, like you'll turn it off. No, yeah, I'll turn, like, she doesn't obey the laws of man. Like, but, and when you say she, like, is it because, like, you literally don't have a memory of waking up and turning off the no, alarm? No, it's like, I do it, but, like, when I'm sleepy, like, I lose all discipline. Like, I will just wow. sleep comes first. And so one of my tricks is, like, uh, your body will naturally start to wake up if it gets hotter. So after my first alarm, I press snooze, and then I put on my electric blanket. And I turn it up to high. (laughs) And I have to turn it up to high. And then I I basically and then by the next alarm, I'm cooking. And I'm ready. And I'm I'm cooking and I'm ready to go. So crazy. Like that's how deep a sleeper I am. Like I have to basically bake myself until I wake up. We are we are physically opposites. Physically different creatures. I sleep, I would say on average, I sleep six hours a night. That would break me by day five. I I, I I probably go to bed. Yeah, I'm up at 7.30 naturally most days. I don't. I am so jealous of you. <laughs> I wish I could be that And I girl. also love to do this thing. Something I do that this has been a newer development. And I feel like some sleep scientist is going to tell me I'm dying. But basically, <laughs> it's this thing that me and my, my ex would call second coma. <laughs> which is 
you wake up, like sometimes I'll wake up at like five in the morning, like mm-hmm. fully awake. And it's just like, I'm awake at five in the morning, which is not ideal. So then I'll dig around on my phone in bed for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And then the second you catch that you're feeling a little sleepy again, Go back to bed. you just roll over and then you get a half hour. Like I'll sleep for another half hour, 45. But something about that, it's like, a, we call it the second coma. That half hour, 45 for the second sleep is like worth double points. Oh, like you, yeah. Like I wake up from that and I'm like, I'm ready to face the day. Like that little nugget of like deep, deep. I don't know if it's like hard REM. I don't know what it is. But yeah. Like, I feel so refreshed from it. That's so interesting that you can like wake up and feel alert. I wake up naturally so late. Like let's say I go to like bed at a normal hour. Like I'll naturally wake up at like 11. And one time randomly in the middle of the week, I just woke up at 8 a.m. Just woke up. I was, I was alert. And I almost had an anxiety attack because I was like, why am I awake? That's so funny. I was like, I like didn't know what to do. If I woke up at 11, if if I went to bed before 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I woke up at 11 a.m., I would feel sick. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I, think it would, it's, I would freak the fuck whenever out. Whenever your sleep schedule is disrupted, like I woke up at eight, which is totally normal for most people, but I like, didn't know what to do with this liminal time I had between like eight and 11. And That's I was my like, time of the day. I was like, what am I supposed to? And then I was like, why am I awake? Like, what's going on with my body? Like, why does it want me <laughs> alert? I was like really does freaked out. Does this make dating hard? Does this make dating hard? You mean that I'm always so sleepy? Well, I guess I'm just thinking like if I would, I feel like I would have a hard time dating someone who slept till 11. Yeah. Like if there was a period of time where like they were in my bed for three hours and I'm like, I, okay. When, like, the, when there's someone else, I think usually I've only, only ever had like one relationship, but it, it usually we meet in the middle gotcha. of like, we will. 9.30? Yeah, well, <laughs> 10. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So your side of the middle. Well, also, cause I'm such a, like. I'm such a night person. Like, I don't know why my brain is just wired backwards because I love sunshine. I love the day, but I do feel like I think of that as like my relaxing time. Okay. Like, I think I'm just kind of like a plant, like an autotroph. Like I see the sun and I'm like, time to relax and eat and like enjoy. So do you work at night too? Like productivity. Yeah. Like I do all my creative work at night. Oh, interesting. Like I, do, I can't do that I, when the night. sun goes down, I just think of it as like, I've enjoyed the day. Like now it's time for me to work. Oh, and I'm flopped. I'm yeah. like at, coming around six o'clock. I'm like, oh, take time for social stuff, time for dinner, time for drinks, time for hanging out. Like it's really hard for me to work at night. Yeah. Wow. We're complete. We're really opposite. We should have like a, some kind of like song duo number that yeah. we do. Like, aren't we an odd couple? <laughs> I was like, I thought you were going to say, like, I really thought we were to finish the other Sunday, but this also just shows how opposites we are. I was like, you, you were like, we should do an, I was going to say brain scan. So let's see how different our brains are. <laughs> I was thinking like a cabaret number. <laughs> we should see like what, what yeah, like, our I've, brains are made. I've always been this way. I've always been this way. When I was a little kid, I would wake up at 5 a.m. every day. That is a little bit American psycho. My yeah. parents would, my parents taught me how to use the television so that I could wake up. <laughs> I could turn the TV on and watch TV by myself before they got up. Oh my God. You were like a little man already. You were like- yeah. And I would watch cause that this was, I mean, this was like in 2000, like this was like pre nine 11. Like this was like, <laughs> why did you say that? It's like, I'm sorry. It's because my parents got divorced right around nine 11. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, okay. A huge part of my personality, Kira, is that in 2001, my parents moved me from Rhode Island to Vermont, immediately got divorced. And, and then nine 11 happened. It's like incredibly formative to me. That was a huge year. Really a deeply formative time for me. Um, and 
I guess that was actually two years after we moved to Vermont, but this, whatever, doesn't matter. I, so it's like, for me, it's like, I know I'm like picturing, I'm placing the memory by being like, did 9-11 happen yet? Oh, that's Do you know a, what I mean? That's how you mark time. It's a huge part of how I mark time. That makes sense. I think that's normal for people my age. Yeah. And also, cause also society completely changed after that. Yeah, so well, it's how you I mean. mark time, like in. Yeah. Especially for me. Cause my parents got divorced. Yeah. But also, <laughs> but also more important. So yeah, it's like, for me, it's like, I can picture what house I was in and then like where my parents married and like did 9-11 happen. And like through that, I can triangulate. You can figure out what the, where the memory is. That's like truly how it kind of works. So. But yeah, I remember I would watch. So like the only thing that would be on TV for me to watch because it was either old infomercials that would be playing from the night mm-hmm. before or on Fox, they would play um, Alfred Hitchcock Presents and The Twilight Zone. And so I, I would love watch, The Twilight I Zone. I would watch that at like 5 a.m. And then like my mom would wake up and I'd be like, I watched a show that a.m. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have the complete reverse memory of like me staying up and like the George Lopez theme song coming on <laughs> at like three in the morning yeah, with just like his the, like floating head <laughs> going by in slow-mo. <laughs> the deep shame of waking up during the Girls Gone Wild commercial. Was this part of your life? Yes. Wait, yeah. yes, I did see those. Yeah. those. That was like an intense. Cause I'm 99. So I was, I lived through a lot of the, I have memories of a lot of 2000s TV. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember I asked, I found out what a stripper was from watching the, Paris Hilton, Sophia Richie show. Sophia Richie? No, not Sophia Richie. Sophia, what was the one? That's the other one. Nicole Richie? Nicole Richie. Oh, oh my like... God. This is a different person. The I, was like, Ni- I was like, what show are you talking about? Oh my God, about? the Nicole Richie. You know how they have Simple like a life. best? Yeah. No, yeah, I know. I know. I found out and my mom was like, how do you know what that is? And I was like, I was watching TV. It was Paris Hilton. <laughs> so like I have memories, core memories of 2000s TV. That's so funny. That's, wow, 99. Okay, yeah. God bless. Good year, I think. Yeah. I Yeah, 9-11 hadn't happened. 9-11 <laughs> hadn't happened. So it was like, your parents hadn't gotten divorced. I think something. I still live. No, I think in 99, I moved to Vermont. That's the year I moved to Vermont. Yeah. This when, is, what year were you born? 92. 92, okay. Yeah, I turned so 30 like a, like three weeks ago. Or no, a month ago now. Oh my God, happy birthday. How does it feel? It's not that different. Yeah. It's I, not that different. I told my little sister this, that, because uh, she just turned 20, I was like, you know, a lot of your birthdays you have as a teen, you're like, when you turn 17, you look at yourself at 15 and you're like, I grew so much. Once you hit 20, that kind of stops. And I'm like, um, for me at least, like I feel- But you're 23. Yeah. It's not going to stop. I would say, <laughs> I feel like that's not, I don't think that's true. I feel like it, it's kind of crazy to be able to say like, I can look back on my 20s now. Like, I guess I, I don't have quite enough distance to like look back on it, yeah. but like- I guess it was a, it, the only thing that like, quote unquote, felt different was it's trippy to like, think like, okay, my twenties are like picture locked. Like that it's like, done. It's, like yeah. that, like whatever that was, it's over. And like, it's official. No more sequels. There's, and it's like, there's no editing. There's no revising. Like that's the final draft. That was my twenties. That's like kind of crazy to think about a little yeah. bit. And it's also like my life just naturally changed a lot right around when I turned 30. Mm-hmm. So like. Like I went through a breakup, I moved. So it's just like, it's suddenly, my life is all of a sudden very different than my 20s was. Okay, Because so I was yeah. like in a relationship for most of my 20s. It's just like, so like- the, Oh, and then you just, you now you're entering the 30s single. Correct. I did enter my 30s single, um, which was- New York City, watch out. <laughs> Jake's on the market. I'm actually, I'm pitching to network. So we're, we're going to do a show. <laughs> yeah. Sophia Richie's to t- attach. <laughs> <laughs> no, but- I guess that is, it is kind of interesting to like think like, oh, like my twenties are done. Like, I guess that's interesting to think about, but it doesn't like actually feel that different physically or like mentally or emotionally, if that makes sense. But looking back on like, 
looking back on when I first moved to New York when I was 22 is mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I'm different. Okay, I, I hope I feel that way. When, you will. I think you will. It's also, I'm interested to see what my 20s hold, especially in relationships. Like I recently had, I've, I'm not like a, like I always want to have like a relationship, but it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't happen for me very often. I've only ever had one and I was having dinner with uh, one of our, do you know Rachel Ordan? No. Oh, she's a comedian, but we went to the same high school. Okay, cool. She's like about two years older than me. And I was like, so how's your, like, how's your love life? And she kind of like, I forget how she worded it, but she was like, don't expect to get a boyfriend in the next couple of years. She was like, it's kind of, and we're so alike. She was like, it's kind of hard for kind of kooky girls like us. <laughs> like, don't, it, yeah, that's basically how she like said it. And she was like, yeah, just don't, don't expect. Because it's like you always think like, oh, when I'm like 25, like then I'll get a boyfriend. And she was like, don't put your eggs in that basket. Yeah. I, that's like, yeah, I didn't expect to be someone who had a boyfriend for most of my 20s. That was not the plan. It Mm -hmm. just like happened. But I do think I'm the outlier. And I think it's fine either way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just, oh, to have human connection. (laughs) Yeah, sure. The cuddling is nice. Yeah, exactly. Um. But either experience is going to make you grow. The thing is that, like, you're going to... Grow. It's growth either way. (laughs) Okay, so we're growing. We love... Season of growth. Season of growth. (laughs) I end my episodes by us making a plan to go out together. Oh, my God. Yay. Um, What should we do? What should we do? How can we take these two polar opposites, bring them together for one night out... I mean, well, it seems like we're pretty cohesive on a night out. Actually, like, yeah, maybe that's our energy, common ground. Is that we're both like awake at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think we, I think I'll show you a good Brooklyn restaurant if you're new to Brooklyn. Yes. And then I think we should go dancing. Let's go dancing. I would um, love that. I went, yeah, I'll take you to a fun, like gay dance party. That's exactly what I want. Okay, perfect. That would be Perfect. A lovely Brooklyn dinner. Yeah, and we'll eat light because we're going to dance. So you can't, yeah, like, exactly. Perfect. Well, I may need the carbs for energy. Well, I'm saying carbs that you can't do, like, too rich. Yeah, you like, can't. It's, can't, it's not like having a tart cake. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Fueling but, up. Fueling up for the well, night. Well, carbo-load lightly. <laughs> like like carbo-load for the night. And then we'll and go, then go, dancing. go dancing. I think that's perfect. And I then think. Well, let's be in bed by 2. Because then I can get up. Yeah, by, that's what I'm saying. By, like, around 12. All right. And then I think that would be perfect. And I'll be up at 6 a.m. As as usual, per usual. (laughs) Okay, it's a deal. Perfect. We're going out. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. So happy to be a friend of the pod. (laughs) Bye. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seaside. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to Vinepair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. (laughs) 